Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. Yes, I saw a finchly a kerezuma, I know ever yes, and Karuzum Husa to Chan Hachtelumasine. Recently, when I was preaching in the Finchley Church, I was uh, talking about overcoming disappointment. Because disappointment and even depression is a very uh, widespread problem in the world today, even amongst believers. And we need to learn how to overcome disappointment and depression. And perhaps if I, if I speak here on a frequent basis, every time I can talk to you about one of the ways of overcoming this. And today I'd like to speak about one of the keys, one of the methods of overcoming disappointment and depression. And it's really helped me a lot when I've been feeling down to overcome that feeling. And the first way is to understand God's plans and God's path in our lives. And to know what God wills for our lives. And his leadership and guidance in our life. And if we know that, that will help us to overcome disappointment. One of the great blessings which our men and women pass on to their children is this blessing. And even to their grandchildren, or when they're getting married, they bless them in the following way. Okay, so may, may you go through life without asking the question, what shall I do? I think May that questioning about what shall I do, where should I go, be non-existent. Uh, I think the so that you don't leave a pointless, aimless life when you're just wondering. That you may know what you want to do with your life. That you might understand the right way. That you may be able to discern which is the right path for your life. That's a big blessing. One of the uh, atheist scientists in this country once said, he's written books against Christianity. His name is Bertrand Russell. 
He's given a thesis, presented a thesis to the world, which has been a real curse for this for this world, especially to young people. Nice He says the following: We don't know where we have come from, or why we are living, or where we are going. What a beautiful thesis. It's as if he has something new to say. And he wrote this uh, with his name. And several of his followers have followed these principles. And can you imagine how people feel if they live with with these principles? We don't know where we have come from. We don't know why we're living. And we don't know where we're going. Now Bertrand Russell is in heaven, right in Satan's and uh, is in the fires. And uh, he now knows that he has led many people to hell with his principles. But praise the Lord that we believers have this book and the Holy Spirit. And we know where we have come from. We know why we are living. And we know where we are going. And that's why we are not lost. Hallelujah. That's a big source of joy for us. Do you know what God wants for your life? Uh, do you know the way God is leading you in your life? If you know and you are living under God's control, then why should you be downcast and disappointed? Uh, they ask someone, a farmer working in the fields, don't you become tired and exhausted from the difficult labor that you do, especially in the summer heat? Do you know what he said? He said, if someone has a purpose and an aim in what they're doing, they'll never tire of it. What is the aim of our life? Life. Today, do we not believe that uh, the sense of confusion and not knowing where we're going is a source of blessing for us? When Cain killed Abel, God God said the following in uh, Genesis, Chapter 4, verse 12. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you you will be a restless wanderer on the earth. I think Meaning that wherever Cain went, he would never feel at peace. 
you won't know, he wouldn't know what to do. And we see that today, we ask people, do you know the purpose, the aim of your life? Do you know what God wills for your marriage? Do you know what God wills for your children and their um, discipline? Do you know where to live that you might be effective? Do you know what work you have to do in order to be of use to people? We don't know. We don't know. I asked someone who was about to get married, are you sure that this marriage is God's will? And he said, to be honest, marriage is like a watermelon. Until you cut the watermelon open, you won't know whether it's red or white. So I've yet to see what my, what my destiny is in my marriage. Many people live that way. Uh, there was someone else who wanted to go and live in another country and I asked him, do you believe that that is God's will, where you're going? And he answered, that country is like a sea in front of me. Now I've fallen into the sea and uh, I'll see whether I drown or whether I'm able to swim and come out of the sea. So do you see what principles people use to guide their lives with? People don't know what they're doing today or how they're living. And because of that, they're often downcast and depressed. And whatever they carry out, they do in fear and trembling, with worry and anxiety. They want to start a business and they're constantly worrying, will it be a success or a failure? Will they have losses or will they make profit? Uh, should I, should I um, go into business uh, with such and such a person or not? Will my business partner betray me or will he help me? And I don't know what to do. And when we do counseling uh, with people, we always hear these type of questions being repeated. If people ask me, Brother Edward, which was the, in your spiritual life, which was the biggest trial that you went through? Yes, can you arrange him? A few days ago, it was my birthday. I started and this morning, Brother Malcolm and the, the Persian-speaking church embarrassed me by having a surprise party for me. I'm 56 years old. And I remember that I was 16, year old, 16 years old when I gave my first message. So 40 years have gone by. It's gone so quickly. And before the first time I preached, I'd come to faith a few years before that. So I've been following the Lord Jesus for about 45 years. 
Եթե ինձ անի ցարցնեք ես 46 տարվա մեջ քո մենամեծ փորձարություն ուտի ինչ է ինչ պատասխան պիտի տանտեղ If you asked me which was the biggest difficulty or trial that I went through during these 45 years Իմ պատասխանը ստեսա է I would answer ամենամեծ փորձարություն My my biggest trial has been the following Մեհատ փորձարություն էլ չի էլի շատ փորձարություն է եղել There have been several trials there have not just been one Եվ արդեն իմ հոգու մտկու մսիու արյանս մեջ ներսա մտել է and this principle this this whole thing has really become part of my whole being when i've been living in god's will and i've been guided by him yet i've had joy i have grown i have been a source of growth for others uh, i've been um, i've been i've been, I've been proud and i've had a blessed life and, and I've, i've seen good fruit from my life hasn't always been this way of course when i did something outside of the lord's guidance and the lord's will i have been embarrassed i have seen losses I have caused loss to others and loss to myself. I have had regrets. I, I have uh, hit my head against the stone, against the wall, and I've lost. And this has been a great lesson in my life. And that's been a big lesson to me. When I start something or plan something, to say to myself, Edward, are you sure this is God's will or not? And now, based on my past experience, if I'm not completely sure what I'm doing is in God's will, I will not go forward. When we wanted to start house groups in Iran a few years ago, Not only was the government against us, many brothers in the church were against us, and even now they're against us. Because they would say, why do you want to meet in houses? We already have church buildings. Why do you have to meet in homes? But the Holy Spirit was telling me, this is the way forward, this is the way forward. And when we submitted to the Holy Spirit and began, even though I was completely alone at that time, thank God I'm not alone in that ministry now, many have joined me. God confirmed that this was his will. Now those who were against at the time now have had their eyes open and they say this was really the right way to go forward. And there have been difficult, really difficult times and stories I could tell you. But I don't want to speak just from my experience. I want to speak from the Lord's word. Brothers and sisters, we have been called out of this curse. We have been called to come forth and to break free of the curse of feeling lost and confused. We need to know what we want to do. Now, 
you know the biggest purpose that God has for us in the midst of trials? When we have uh, some kind of crisis or bad news, or we haven't succeeded in something, or there's a sickness, the first question that we usually ask is, why? Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen just to me? Where are you, God? Why did God allow Satan to harm me this way? And many other why questions. We don't have the questions, the answers to every why. But I'd like to ask you to do something else. When you are in difficulty, change your questioning. Ask the questions to which you know the answers already. Oh God. What is your purpose for my life now? Where are you taking me with this situation? What change do you want to take place in me? What work, what task are you preparing me for? What new things are you trying to teach me in this situation? Lord, I am in submission to your will. Show me your purpose and your decisions. And if you are really ready to hear the answers to those questions, God will reveal to you his plans. Once I went to visit a brother who was very sick. And he was lying down like this. And he couldn't look either right or left. All he could do was look upwards. And I said to him, brother, what happened to you? And he said, I was so involved in all the different plans and things I was doing in, uh, on this earth, I completely forgot about heaven. And I, was, I kept looking downwards at this earth. And God said, lie on your back for a few days and contemplate on heaven. And think about heavenly things. One of our martyrs, whose name is Brother Dibaj, he was in prison for nine years and one month. And for two and a half years, he was in solitary confinement. And they really made him suffer. But he never denied Christ. When they finally let us go and visit him in prison, when we saw him, he was a lot happier than we were. Once I went to visit him with Brother Sam, Whatever we asked of him, he gave a different answer. So we'd ask him, for example, Brother Dibaj, what would you like us to bring for you? What type of food would you like us to bring? And he would say, my food is to live within God's will. 
I'd say, brother, brother Dibaj, what difficulties do you have that we can pray for you? And he would say, my heart rejoices with my heavenly God. These were not the answers to the questions we were asking. We were on the earth, he was in some different heavenly place. And to be honest, next to him we felt ourselves very weak and very vulnerable. When he was freed from prison, he was the happiest person in our church. I wish you could have met him at that time. He always had a smile on his face. His face was always shining. And he never once complained of the difficulties he had in prison. He was a very positive person. And I asked him a question one day. I said, Dibaj, when you were in prison, weren't you downcast? Weren't you disappointed? For example, during the holiday periods when it was Christmas, New Year, Easter, didn't you sit there thinking, what am I doing in this place? At that time, weren't you thinking that Brother Haig, Brother Edward, are, they're at home with their families, they're eating, drinking, having a great time. What am I doing sitting here in this miserable prison? <laughs> didn't you think, didn't at that time you desire to leave the prison and, and have us come in your place? And he said, yes, it's true. I, I, I felt that many times. And I asked him, what did you do to overcome that? And he said two things. He said, first of all, every single day, in, with the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I would reject every type of downcast or depressing thought. When those thoughts would approach me, I would reject them in the name of Jesus. I would reject them. And the second, yes, the second was, I knew that God had a plan for me. And he has a plan for me, and he allowed me to come and be in prison at this time. He has a plan for Iran, for his work in Iran. And so that plan may come to pass. He has allowed me to be in prison at this time. And that made me rejoice. That was a source of my comfort. That helps me not to be depressed. So see what kind of man he was. I've seen people who live in the center of Los Angeles or live in the most expensive parts of London 
And they are really down. Because they don't understand God's plan for their lives. people like Dibaj sit in the corner of their cell in prison and they feel happy with their lives. Because they knew they were living within God's will. They knew that they were under God's supervision. They knew that God was controlling everything from above. And they knew that God was sovereign over everything that they were going through. And because of that, such people are happy people. How have you understood God's plan for your life? God's people were like this. If Paul wasn't sent to prison, we wouldn't be able to read these words, his letters in our Bible. If John wasn't on the island of Patmos, we wouldn't have had the book of Revelation. If Joseph wasn't thrown into the pit, and if they hadn't sold him into slavery in Egypt, we wouldn't have understood and read how God brought Israel out of Egypt. If Jambanyan wasn't in Jambanyan wasn't in prison, that wonderful book he wrote called The Pilgrim's Progress would not have been ours today. And many other ifs. Someone said that Satan gave me a push that I might fall. But he pushed me into Jesus' lap. What a wonderful thing. Maybe you've heard of that. Uh, a believer had an, uh, had, was deaf in one ear. And he started witnessing to someone. Mm-hmm. The, the one who was deaf in one ear was a believer. <laughs> and that unbeliever didn't like what he heard. And he, and he struck the man on his head. And when he struck him, his ear started to hear again. If we live within God's will, <laughs> even if we go through difficulties, God can use those difficulties for His. For, God can use those difficulties for our good. Our problem is that instead of taking advice from others about plans for our lives, um, no, instead of taking, uh, instead of looking to God for our plans or for our advice, we turn to others for plans and advice. So Jesus said to Peter, follow me. 
And Jesus told Peter, if you follow me, this is what's going to happen to you. He told, he told Peter that one day they're going to tie your legs and your feet and they're going to take you somewhere you don't want to go. In short, they're going to kill you. Now Peter was very close friends of John and they used to minister together. Peter knew what God's plan was for his life and he was interested and intrigued to see what God's plan was for John's life. And Peter came to Jesus and said, okay, Jesus, I know what your plan is for my life. What about John? What's going to happen to him? What's going to happen yes, to John? I'll be martyred. I'll be killed. What about what's happening to him? What's happening to John? Tell me that he's going to die as well. Tell him that you have the same plan for his life. Jesus said, Peter, it's nothing to do with you. It's none of your business. What I, what I have planned for John. But I'm his best friend. I'm his close friend. I, I need to know what's going to happen to John. It's none of your business, Peter, what I plan for John. I have a separate plan for him. But Peter wasn't satisfied of this answer. <laughs> And Peter said, does that mean John is going to stay alive until you return? Yes, And I really enjoy the answer that uh, Jesus gave to Peter. He gave the, the correct, the right answer. Maybe, maybe so. If I want John to stay alive until I return, then that's not your concern. You follow me. Our problem is that we look to each other and each other's lives. Whatever he's done, I want to do. His car is newer than my car. He's got one more bedroom in his house than I have. Why is his salary higher than my salary? Why did he get married? I didn't get married. Why did he get divorced? I'm still not divorced. Why did such a person die and I'm still alive? Even for things like that, we look to each other. And believe me, many people are after those types of things and ask those questions. And you see someone gets divorced or separated and you see that all his friends are doing the same. And someone goes through difficulties and you see the same happening in his circle of friends. I think, uh, so they learn from each other, from watching each other. Dear brothers and sisters, God has a separate and distinctive plan for each one of us. The main thing is that we remain and abide in that plan. 
And if I abide in that plan, I'll be happy. I won't be disappointed. I won't be downcast. At that time, I will know, I will truly know that I am walking in God's will. And I'd like to finish with these words. What do we need to do to come out of this confused, lost situation? The Bible gives us two answers to that question. Firstly, we need to be full of God's word. And we have to be full of God's spirit. Those two important things will be our guide. God's word guides us and God's spirit guides us. If we are full of these two things, we will be under God's control. If we're only full of God's word, but not full of God's spirit, our mind is full, but our heart is empty. I think it's a dry life. We're living a dry life if we do that. If we're full of God's spirit, but we're not full of God's word, we might explode and do useless tasks as many charismatic people do. And they kind of do unnecessary things based on their emotions only. If you want to be a healthy Christian and a normal Christian and a victorious Christian you have to be equally full of God's word and God's spirit. The, the word is one wing of the bird and the spirit is the other. No bird can fly with just one wing. You need both wings. If you're in a boat and you want to go, you need two oars. It's not possible to row with just one oar, you'll keep going in circles. So this, the word, the word of God is like a train track. And the, and the Spirit of God is like the train itself. No train can go forward without the train track. And the train track without the train is useless. So they complement each other. If we live in accordance with God's word, full of God's word and full of God's spirit, at that time we will know God's plan for our lives. And our decisions will be correct decisions. And our discernment will be correct. And the way we use our time and plan our time will be the correct way. We'll we'll make the right decisions in relation to our future. And And we won't have the difficulty of constantly asking, what shall I do? I'd like to invite you to pray now, and before doing so, I'll ask the following question.
What area of your life do you lack God's guidance in? Ինչ բան է որ մնացել եք մեջը գժրված դրության մեջ եւ ասում եք չեմ անում ինչ անեմ Which situation leaves you in constant confusion where you're constantly asking yourself what shall I do I don't know what to do Եվ որտեղ էլ դիմում եք նորից ձեր պատասխանը չեք գտնում And wherever you look for help you're not finding the answer that you're looking for Սա ձեր բաժինը չի that is not the portion God has for you. That is not a blessing for you or for me. The Lord wants us to know. Remember the first verse that we read. Your ear will hear a voice from behind. When you're looking to the left or to the right, and you don't know the right way to go, he will show you this is the right way Go this way. And you'll know what you are doing. Praise the Lord for the Holy Spirit. This Bible gives us general principles. But the Holy Spirit gives us specifics. And that's why we need both lives. For example, the Bible says that a believer should marry a believer. But it doesn't tell us in the Bible which believer we should marry. The name's not written. The Holy Spirit guides in that area. The Bible tells us that if you're going to court, you shouldn't be in fear. But if we're in a court, the Holy Spirit inspires us and tells us what we should say and what we should not say. The Bible tells us we should witness to everyone. But it's the Holy Spirit who guides us and tells us what to say to whom. The Bible tells us always be in prayer. But the Holy Spirit tells us how to pray and what to pray. So do you see how important these two are together, how they work together? I'd like to encourage you. If you don't read the Bible very much, read the Bible. Be filled with God's word. And if you're not full of God's spirit, in these days where we remember Pentecost, in two weeks' time we will celebrate Pentecost. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just as the apostles were filled, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he will tell you how to live your lives. Let us bow our heads and pray. May each of us now bow our heads in, in serious prayer. Let us examine our hearts. And ask our hearts, our, our hearts, the following question: Which area of my life do I need to understand God's will in? Which area of my life do I need to understand God's will in? 
What do I need to understand God's plan in so that I can make a decision in accordance with His will? Lord, what purpose do you have for my life? Do you want to hear the voice of God? Do you want to be led by the Holy Spirit? Do you want God's word to be revealed to you? My brother and my sister. You can enter that life. I have good news for you. You can be released and freed from your confused state of wondering. God doesn't want you to constantly be burdened asking, What shall I do? What shall I do? The Lord wants you to know. He wants you to live under the control of the Holy Spirit. Take a look at your life and see where you need to hear the voice of God. May those people who want to hear the voice of God and are not yet sure of it, may they stand now and we can pray together. Say to the Lord now, Oh Lord, I am in submission to your will. I am ready to hear from you. You have said, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. Say to the Lord, Lord, I do not want to live my life with my ways. Show me your ways. Lord, for those dear ones who have stood now in prayer, who want to know your will in different ways in different parts of their life guide them Lord show them your ways Lord with the lamp of your word and with your light Father show them step by step which way to go Help them, Lord, to stay in your presence and to submit to your will. 
may they be completely submitted to your will Lord may they allow you Lord to fill them with your spirit with your word and at that time may they be rich in the guidance and, and leadership of the Holy Spirit may they be filled and rich in knowledge of the word of God that their mind and their heart might be full Heavenly Father Lord you showed me how to walk in your way and when the Holy Spirit comes he will reveal everything. He will teach you all things. He will guide you in the way of truth. And will reveal to you things of the future. And praise you, Lord. For your word and for your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. May we all stand and sing this song one last time. I don't know why, but I know for I know whom I have believed. And may each of us with victory declare, I know.
We are available to pray of anyone who'd like to have personal prayer. And in, in two Sundays' time, on the 4th of June, is the day of Pentecost. would be for each of us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, I invite you, those people who are believers, who have already repented and come to faith, to contemplate on these things and to come with that intention on that day. Lord be with you.